welcome to the Nurse Who Reads podcast. I am Alicia, and uh, today we'll be talking about the novel All My Puny Sorrows by Miriam Taves. I first heard about this novel while I was working at the bookstore that I um, worked at while I was in school, and um, it was um, nominated for a bunch of awards and... um, ended up being like finalist for a bunch of awards and just was getting so much attention really from the book world um so I ended up buying it um it then sat on my bookshelf for three years I think it was published in 2014 I believe it was 14 or 15 and I bought it when it was fairly new so it's been sitting around on my bookshelf for a while and I finally decided you know now's the time to read it um and then of course when I had read more about it as well because every once in a while you just forget after you buy a book and it's been sitting around for a long time you kind of forgot why you bought it so I ended up rereading kind of the description about it a little bit of the themes and um just figured this was a really good book for me to read now Um, And I'll kind of go into why I believe that. Um, I'll I'll give you my full rating and everything towards the end, but um, I went back and forth with this book a lot, whether I really liked it or didn't really like it. Um, At one point, I wasn't really sure why I was liking it, but I kept reading it, and I was able to keep wanting to read, but I was kind of like, I don't really understand why. So we'll kind of talk about everything anyway. Um, But first I'll go over the um, synopsis, what's kind of in the very front of the book, um, and what people would have read before actually purchasing the book. So, um, Elf and Yoli, uh, two smart and loving sisters. Elfrida, a world-renowned pianist, glamorous, wealthy, happily married. She wants to die. Yolandi, divorced, broke, sleeping with the wrong men as she tries to find true love, she desperately wants to keep her sister alive. But Elf's latest suicide attempt is a shock. She is three weeks away from the opening of her highly anticipated international tour. Can she be nursed back to health in time? As the situation becomes ever more complicated, Yoli faces the most terrifying decision of her life. So... I will pretty much just start going over the different themes. So I was going through book club um, discussion questions and topics, and I found a few, and they all just, there's kind of the few topics that I'll really talk about with this book. Um, And then I'll kind of see what else there is to wrap it all up. Um, So this book is about Elf's depression. Um, and her, it's narrated by Yoli, but it's really focused as well on Elf's depression and her suicide attempt. And you learn that, um, that their father about, I don't know, maybe a decade or so before had actually thrown himself in front of a train and, um, he's killed himself and his mom's on, their mom's on their own and. Um, and I mean, somebody, she just doesn't understand why somebody would want 
to die, and yet there's Elf who is successful and is has seems to have a very good life. She's a musical prodigy, really, and she has everything. And yet she suffers from this depression that's so overwhelming and it's causing her to have suicide attempts. And um and so I mean it's there and one of the things that people seem to not like so much is that there doesn't seem to be a reason for this depression. And I'm going to kind of go on some rants, I think, because I am a nurse and I do a lot of work in the mental health field. So I feel like I'm not, I will never say that I'm super knowledgeable about all of this. I have still so much to learn at such a big field. Um, In particular, I find the mental health field of nursing so much. It's so complicated. But the thing I think people tend not to understand so much with depression, um, and I'll try and stay more most on depression. I will not try and branch out to bipolar, borderline, schizophrenia, so on and so forth. I won't do that. I'll stick to what this topic is. Um, there may be other books down the line where we do talk about some of those other disorders, but right now I'm not going to. Um, but with depression, there isn't always a reason for it there isn't always a cause so you don't truly really find out a specific cause there was no event that was shared in the book that made Elf's depression completely clear or her father's depression clear um but then it's like there's and some people said that there that was horrible like why would you not have a reason and they didn't they couldn't relate to it because of that and then I found that you know what I really didn't it didn't matter it's nice to be able to have answers and be like, okay, I can understand why this person's feeling this way. There are a lot of situational depression. Um, there is a lot of those situations where it's because of that specific situation. Somebody passes away, you can, you can become depressed and so on. It's like, or trauma or, um, just some there's sometimes some of those reasons you got a separation whatever that's situational depression and sometimes that can make depression worse if you already have depression sometimes you seem to be totally fine and then that's when you get like depressed sometimes it doesn't matter it really doesn't um and i know there is some i don't know a whole lot about this type of um depression but i know that there is some that are passed down where um they did go back into um their family's history where i believe it was their grandparents were in russia and suffered like that had and had to escape from um the revolution and everything and that type of trauma ended up being almost passed down um and there there is some research on that and there is some diagnoses with that related like related to that i don't know very much about it so i won't go into much detail so that could be a cause but at the same time i it doesn't always matter and depression hits you at sometimes the worst times and people don't seem to understand it and i think that's a really hard thing with suicide where people don't understand 
and you I mean you see celebrities and such who um who commit suicide and people are they're saying you know what you can get everything and it's not gonna it's not enough it's not going to make you happy being rich doesn't make you happy um having certain things in your life do help or they are they're called protective factors where if you have um if you have a partner or spouse or husband or wife or kids or pets or whatever if you have something that keeps you going it's protecting you from from killing yourself essentially um it's keeping you going and keeping you alive if they weren't there you probably would be more tempted to end your life if you have depression so i mean those things are really important we want those supportive relationships there and but at the same time it doesn't always do anything it's not always it's not a clear picture they can help and they're good to have but it's not if you have it you'll be fine if you don't you're doomed like it's definitely not that simple so some people were upset over the fact that there was no real cause for the depression and i think that that's absolutely fine i think that's the reality of it you can't always understand um i know some um some people were upset over over the narration of the novel that it was narrated by yoli and not elf um i think that it was appropriate for this because i think because it's a different perspective and this is also coming from um the author this is kind of an almost an autobiography in a way um because her sister did commit suicide her dad did commit suicide in the same way the characters do um like her family is from a mennonite background and grew up that way and she still considers herself that way um and so i think it was appropriate i think it was showing kind of almost how she dealt with everything as well um some people found that there wasn't enough emotion in it and i i or that and that there wasn't enough character development there was no arc well i mean it's life that i think you deal with things as best as you can but you know what you still have to live you still have to move on and you still have to continue well you still have to continue on she still had kids she still had all these things and sometimes those and dealing with something like that you want to just move on you want to go back to your regular life you don't really know how to deal with it because it's not talked about enough of how do you support somebody who is suicidal who has depression um that's very it's very difficult um and i think there isn't there isn't enough resources out there for people dealing with this but then also for the families dealing with this it's takes a big toll and so i think it's very i think that the person she's just yoli's just dealing with things as best as she can and you end up being a caregiver in those in that sense so she goes to a hospital nearly every day she ends up moving going from not moving but visiting winnipeg from toronto and leaving her kids at home um 
where her one son lives in New York for school and he ends up coming to Toronto to watch his sister so she so so that Yoli can come to Winnipeg and so she's taking care of her mom and then she's taking trying to make sure that Elf's okay and Elf's partner Nick is okay and she ends up just being that care provider like she does you can't really grieve as much when you're trying to look after other people it's very hard you have to keep on moving on and so I think um over this period of time I mean I think it was she was dealing with things as best as she could and I don't think there needed to be a huge arc it was more just this is how life is going um and um I mean there's certain behaviors that she does where I mean she ends up going she'll go to a friend's house and just drink wine and not that there's anything wrong with that but she'll do things like that or she'll she sleeps with some a couple of different people throughout the story it's like things like that are just ways that people are coping with these with the with the situation um and I mean it doesn't mean you have to go home and cry every night or become super angry and she kind of does go through some of those emotions as well but you also do have to get up and pick up and move and keep going somehow and that's I think the difference too is like Elf does have a good life whereas Yoli feels like she's struggling she's doesn't feel like she's a good parent doesn't feel like she's a good person to be with anybody like she can't make a marriage work and um she's trying to write but isn't doing like isn't doing as well as she wants to be doing isn't writing what she really wants to be writing and she just feels like she's struggling so um I think it's I don't I wasn't upset over the arc as much um I think it was just how you cope with things and um when you when you deal with a suicide um you don't really know how to react to it. So, I mean, in the story, um, when Elf finally does commit suicide, she almost be, just becomes numb. She just, it's like, okay, I have to get to Winnipeg. Here's all the things I have to do and doesn't really absorb anything. She just is like, I have to go. I don't want to talk about these things because I know what happened. So, what does it matter? Like, I need to, I need to get to Winnipeg. I need to arrange these things. And that's what she'd go, like, that's the mode she goes into is I need to get this stuff done. Um, and nobody can say what, what's a right grieving, a right way to grieve. And grieving from a suicide is so much different. Even though she's depressed, it still becomes a shock. She's sick in a way, but it's not like she was an elderly lady with cancer that had been around for a while and was just slowly progressively getting worse and worse. And then finally it came to those end stages. That's a long process. With depression, you always want it to get better. You never expect that it's actually going to cause a suicide. You so sometimes you just kind of go numb you're like oh my god like is this actually a thing like did this actually happen and some people it's breaking down right away other people it takes longer you don't your mind goes through a million emotions and then 
you start to feel guilty, you start to feel upset, you feel angry, you feel so much. And then when it's somebody so close to, like, at times you can almost feel a slight relief that you don't have to worry about keeping that person alive anymore. Are they going to get better? Anything like that. Like, you don't, all those worries kind of have to go away but it turns into something different it just turns into this anger and guilt angry over that person for doing that how could they but then it's guilt for how could I not have stopped this how could I have done this differently and how did I not keep them alive and so it's such a different type of emotion and there was also this storyline with where Alf was asking her sister to take her to Switzerland and she kind of went back and forth I feel for me because she wasn't sold on Yoli wasn't sold on it on this idea of taking her to Switzerland to get assisted suicide and that and do that but at the same time so I, I feel like I if I was Yoli I would have been I would have been absolutely pissed off over over Elf committing suicide because she had a plan that she would come to Toronto and they would talk about it more and it would be easier like she had a plan somewhat started and so I think that that little bit of hope maybe to go and say okay this isn't a no but it's a maybe let's get things going here's this type of plan that I have and I think that that would have made me very upset being like okay we had a little bit of a plan in place like this we weren't done it would have I just would have been upset that I didn't get the chance to maybe follow through with everything because there's money there's issues with money like her sister was working like Yoli was working on getting money so that they could go like she was in the process of this like it wasn't just a flat out no it they were working on it and Elf just didn't like she w- didn't wait long enough and I know sometimes that's not that's a different issue with why Elf actually committed suicide I know it, like it can be all consuming in the moment and just constant need for that but from Yoli's perspective I would have been I, I would have been very mad with her because she didn't wait long enough for us to follow through with that plan Um, and I mean, going through that, like with the Switzerland storyline, I think it's totally controversial with the assisted suicide. I am pro assisted, uh, assisted death to a certain extent. I believe that there are like people should be terminally ill. There should not be a chance of recovery that they are mentally with like mentally able to say this and um or to express that they understand what is happening and what's going on so I think but then mental health I go and I I look and it's so different it's so there's such a gray area in a way because I with some depression and people who are suicidal it kind of comes in waves comes in like people in the winter they tend to be much more depressed and 
upset and sometimes it's the holiday sometimes it's lack of sun it's all over the place that to me i go and say okay if this person started in january this whole process of everything like is that just because there was lack of sun or they didn't like there wasn't enough treatment or what whereas i think i see some people where they go through these very very dark phases and they can come out of them is that to say if people have tried all these treatments and it's non-stop and it nothing is getting any better then i have if you if you can list all the things you've done all the meds you've taken all the treatments you've had all these things and nothing's working then i'm more understanding over it but i think people need to really try just like they would with anything else you don't get a cancer diagnosis and say nope i'm done you go and say okay what are like what are my chances here like what is there out there for me is this manageable is this treatable is like what's going on um and that's my way of kind of also medically justifying like a lot of people they put cancer and depression in two different categories One's a physical illness, one's an invisible illness. And to me, they should be treated the same, like in their own way, but they should be treated with just as much seriousness and given the same amount of importance Um, because it doesn't happen. In my opinion, that does not happen at all. And I mean, there are lots of treatments that I feel like were not necessarily talked about as much or they very very briefly talked about but nothing was tried and you never know um, what can work for somebody and then going into more of the mental health field the system the uh, like so Miriam Taves the author presents it in a negative light and I think it's so difficult I mean we are now in an age where I believe it was still around at this time, but maybe not where she's dealt with it. But we're trying to go to a patient-centered care into goal, like setting goals with patients, being able to work with patients. And I mean, we can't, there are some hospitals and some programs that are very strict with their rules and others that are a little bit more lax about it. I understand that. If somebody is newly admitted with a social anxiety, forcing them to come out of their room to a dining room with a bunch of people that they don't know is not going to help anybody eat. Having some people with depression, they one of the symptoms can be sleeping and sleeping all the time and for long, long periods of time. And I think that you need to work with the healthcare providers and they need to work with you to be able to eat. I can understand certain rules. It's such a hard, well, it's, it's very difficult because if certain places, this is coming from a healthcare provider, coming from a nurse. If a certain organization has these policies that everybody must go into the dining room, there really isn't anything you can then do you can try and fight that policy, sure, but until then, there's really not a whole lot you can do as a nurse other than encourage. Sometimes there is that thing of 
tough love, but I don't, I don't know. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, and you know what? You get different nurses, you get different people, and you don't know what you're really going to get all the time. Like, you don't know. And, um, I mean, in the mental health field, you can get a lot of people that are very manipulative and um, just make things difficult. So sometimes you have those policies in there for a reason. And um, in my opinion, it's a little bit extreme, but in at least in certain cases, in this case, whatever, I'd rather have somebody eat. If they're going to eat something and it's outside food, I don't care. Fine. Because I know, again, hospital food is not always that great. Just like airplane food is not that great. There's better options than others. But if somebody isn't going to eat, then what are you going to do? Like, if they're going to eat something, whatever, eat. But, I mean, again, it comes to other things, too. I mean, we... I know that they try day passes. They try certain passes when you're an inpatient in um with psychiatry for at times when it's appropriate and it's very difficult because and you have to have people who want to get help in this case in my opinion elf did not want any help at all she had no interest so she knew what she had to say to get out she knew what she had to say to get a pass and that was it. Other people, if they get, if they want help, they will get that help and they'll be honest with the healthcare providers. And they will tell you if they're having a hard time and they'll tell you if they don't feel safe to go out on a pass. And that can be up to then the nurses to hold those passes and to not let anybody go. And, um, and I mean, they're given contact information to the hospital and they're encouraged to be with other people. And, um, I mean, you never know what like you, and then you hope that they can come back if something doesn't go right. And you can't, but you can't, it's not a perfect science. You can't always tell. You can go based on what some family and friends are saying. And we rely on that. But at the same time, it's still down to that person. And we do get a lot of people who don't have families to go and help us with that. Um, and, I mean, doctors, and and this is not to make an excuse for doctors and nurses working in this field. But I know, in my experience, there aren't enough doctors and psychiatrists out there for all the people who need them the doctors are overworked they're dealing with all of their inpatient on top of their outpatients on top of clinics on top of this and that it's a lot that they have to do and they don't always have time to come and just drop everything in hat and talk to people especially families in what i've seen happen is they book an appointment and they have a family meeting so it's not necessarily check-ins every day with a doctor it could be once a week, every two weeks, something where you can sit down with the doctor and the whole team, social workers, 
occupational therapist, dietitian, whatever, whoever is involved, and figure out what the next plan is. They don't just discharge people for no reason for them. Like they try and make sure that there's some plan in place, that some that people are on board with it, that there's something going on. This is obviously one case. This is obviously the situation and from this book. And I I know what it's like on the other side. But I can appreciate this side from Yoli's perspective. What was described and what I'm sure can happen is horrible. So I could go on and on and on for about the mental health field and all of that, but I'm not going to because that's not it's not part of this book. I think in this situation and what the author has experienced in life is accurate of the system. It's accurate that there is not enough funding, that there's not not enough doctors, there's not enough support, there's just not enough. And I think we if with more we maybe would have more resources out there to help people and to prevent more suicides. It's but it's such a hard topic to get really get into. Um and I mean with Elf, like she's being made to feel like she was somewhat responsible for her illness or that she did misbehave and I think sometimes like psychiatrists prescribe medications especially psych meds antidepressants whatever you can't just stop them when you feel better because then you just end up crashing so I think that this it is very frustrating for the healthcare professionals and the nurses and whatnot to go and say you're back because you stopped taking meds it's very easy to put that blame on somebody else is that necessarily their fault not always i see the frustrations but it's just like i think and they they compare things between the psych area and the cardio area and emergency and whatnot in the hospital and how there's no like nobody says anything if you're a cardio patient with a heart attack. But I see the frustration with with those people. If you have diabetes, if you have heart disease, if you have any of anything like that, or really anything, and you're supposed to take meds and then you stop where you're not compliant with them, and then something happens to you health-wise, how frustrating is that? People if people come in with those with the diabetic um ulcers and they end up losing some toes and feet and just continues on because they won't do anything or they won't take their meds or whatever like that's just it's we feel sometimes like it's a waste of the healthcare system will we turn them away no will we treat them as best as we can yes but it's the same thing with psych i think they get a harder but i i do think that they get a harder go of it than cardio patients do or wherever else um it's not really fair but that's the reality of it and i wish it was different and i hope it will be different in the future does that mean that her treatment was probably was good no in my opinion you need to go and say like it's that education side of things of saying like you can't just stop because you feel better and having that understanding sometimes will help and prevent certain things from happening um but it's not perfect 
and I think then being able to work with somebody. So I think Janice, the one psych nurse who actually is very helpful, is what should be happening, is the, is the nurse that people should be trying to be. I like to hope I am that person. I cannot say I'm perfect. I never will say I'm perfect, but I like to hope that I am trying to work with my patients and have them work with me as well so that and I've always said when I'm done or if I know people are being discharged or whatever and I don't know that I'll steal them again I try and go and say okay you know what I don't want this to sound mean but I hope I never see you again because I don't want to see you here if I have to see you I want to see you out and about at a grocery store at a mall wherever doing well that's always what I want from them I hope they have a good recovery. I hope that they get some treatment. I hope that things work out for them. I will say that no matter what area of the hospital I go to. And that's me caring as a nurse and as those as them as people because we don't want people to go back. We don't we don't want that at all. It sucks. Um okay, I think one of the last themes and topics we'll kind of talk about before we go into reviews and whatnot um, is the humor in this book. So some people were saying like the book was terrifying and hilarious and just laugh out loud funny and I didn't find that as much. There was definitely some humor in it but um, I would find that it was more like sarcastic humor, um, dark, just dark humor. Um, I think part of the humor was more used for like coping skills and just part of how um, Yoli just dealt with a lot of that, what was going on. And um, I think when you know somebody who is in with depression and who suffers from that, um, it getting a simple smile or a laugh from somebody from them is so powerful too like you just feel a little bit better and you want to do whatever you can to try and make somebody laugh when they want to die and I think it's you want to take that pain away and sometimes you don't know how and so by being funny and by being able to make somebody laugh that's how you do it and I think um, I think some people who have depression try and use that humor to try and make the people around them more comfortable as well because they know that it's awkward when you're there dealing with something like just any time like take like a family get together like a Christmas dinner right you don't want to be the one who's there and everybody knows you're depressed so you try and be funny you try and laugh it off and da 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 whatever like that's just kind of what you do and it makes other people feel better and it helps with making the situation a little bit lighter um and i don't there's nothing really wrong with it it's not perfect but i think i mean that's how people are right i think that's just you cope with things the way you know how to and you you deal with your own situation the way you know how to and humor tends to be one of those things I don't really know that there's anything else I really wanted to talk about, I guess. The book was interesting. It kept my attention. Um, it did take a little bit for me to really 
get right into it it kind of jumps back and forth from past to present a lot even within chapters and it was different because there was no quotation marks in it so following dialogue there could be a whole conversation in a single paragraph instead of that normal separation actually having the quotation marks to help separate people's dialogue you really had to read it you it would be very hard to skim i think through this book for that reason alone it does talk a bit about their mennonite background and how like the between the church and home and um it was an interesting story to it interesting um upbringing i don't really i can't relate to it very much um but it's definitely interesting to see that um and i think um yeah i just remember going i was maybe 50 pages or so into it and i just remember being like i kind of like this book but i really don't know why because there was nothing really it was all random stories i guess from childhood not very much in the present dealing directly with elf's depression and whatnot but um definitely interesting um so i'll read i think i have three reviews right now so one was a five star review so kylie um rated five stars and her review um she said i loved this book hard all my puny sorrows is both incredible incredibly moving and a page turner because despite of so much talk of death there's so much life in this book so much uh so much painful magnificent life and so much love the book has a pause which strengthens and weakens with strength with perfect pacing so you get a little time to breathe before the next plunge into the character's dilemmas one of my favorite parts of the book is when the narrator moves from resignation to anger uh flailing explosive anger that leaps off the page taves manages to transition so masterfully it's nuts also somehow she conveys yolandi's almost drowning in her sister's predicament as well as her steely resolve to reclaim her own life and happiness also taves is brilliantly funny delivering it right when you least expected it without fanfare and to great effect this one's going to stay with me so i found there was a couple things in here that were a little bit interesting um i mean there is so much life in this book as well um it really just brings together family and what you do for family i can absolutely relate to it if this is one of my sisters like i jump like i would leave work i would stop whatever i'm doing i'd get out of bed if i had just like if i wasn't if it was middle of the night like i would do whatever it took for family if that's what was needed and when if people ever go and be like i'm going to hospital well what one i'll be there um so i can definitely re- relate to that love and for family um and it makes me a little bit sad if there aren't if, if a family isn't like that i i want to i don't know that's just it's such a big thing for me is that family aspect and i think i really like knowing that if anything happened to me my whole family would be there in a second and i think that's very powerful and i i wish that every family could be like that and be that strong and there is a lot of life i think after after elf's death yolandi's able to kind of build up her life again and make make something and make a home and i think as much as you'd be so angry at somebody for what they've done i think 
it just shows that you know what there is that resilience and things you can come back from things and you can come back from loss and heartbreak and be able to do something and I think that's that can be very powerful okay my next two the next two reviews are um one star reviews I did two one stars and a five star only because I rate I would rate mine around four so I'll kind of talk about why afterwards but Kim said this book was so dreadful it's hard to know where to begin I think not wanting to waste any more time on this book than I already have I will be very brief I was shocked to find that the book is based on experiences the author has actually had when I first began reading it I thought the author must really be stretching and writing about things she had no personal experience of because of the startling lack of insight and authenticity in the character's emotional responses. I think that sums up the main problem with the book. There is no character arc for any of the characters despite the terrible experiences they go through. We learn nothing of why the sister is suicidal. In fact, the author seems insistent that there is no particular reason and nobody is to blame for the sister's mental health. We also get no insights into how the other sister's attitude toward assisted suicide may or may not be changing, or the emotional impact the events on any of the characters. In fact, there's pretty much no description of emotional of emotions in this book at all. And I respectfully disagree with this review. Um, I don't. I can agree that there was no character, not as much of a character arc as other books are. But, I mean, nobody really is to blame for her, sister, for her sister's mental health. Um, I don't think that it's not black and white. And there's no real, there's no easy solution to anything. Um, and I think we did see how her, how Yoli's attitude towards assisted suicide was changing. At first it was flat out, no, I'm not doing that. And I think anybody rea- anybody's reaction would do that, would be that. Um, but then towards like you see her start to research things more and more so it's not that it's a no I think she's becoming more open to the idea and what the options are and I think she's being very realistic by saying I need to do this research first and know what I'm dealing with the also the very spoiler the very ending of the book is um an it's almost like an alternative ending Yoli has this idea of going to Switzerland for a trip in which she's the only one coming back so they made an appointment and they're going to do this and they're going she's going to help her sister die with assisted suicide and i think that 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 alone showed that her idea had changed throughout that that throughout the novel so respectfully i do disagree um the next review um, Heidi says as a psychiatrist I very much looked forward to reading this book unfortunately I finished it with a feeling of disappointment the perspective of this sister was interesting and I enjoyed the overcompensating nature of the mother but the plot was weak and I did not feel an emotional attachment to any of the characters this is such a heart-wrenching topic but I shed no tears while I was reading about it there were just too many quotations and jumping from past to present to make the book flow and to make me really feel like part of Yoli and Elf's lives. It did give me slight understanding of how families could um, could enable individuals to not seek proper medical help early in the course of their illness simply because they have hope that the illness will disappear overnight. Um, I wanted to 
to bring this one out because it's a psychiatrist who wrote this and I can understand like I got this from my mother but I tend to cry in things I cry in movies and tv shows and I have been known to cry in in past books (laughs) but and I, I will admit I didn't in this book either considering the topics that are talked about and with my field of work that and just what I've dealt with before in my own past that I'm was surprised that I didn't shed any tears however I I do and I I can agree in a to an extent that people don't have enough or that people might not help people to reach out and get help I think people are very quick to go and say let me know like I'm here for you but if they don't have those resources then that only goes so far it's nice to it's and it's excellent it's perfect to know that people are there for you but when they come to you what are you doing about it is there anything you can do depression doesn't just go away on its own mental health doesn't just go away on its own it's a long work in progress it's constant but i i don't think that this book would necessarily make that happen or get people not to reach out i think this book just shows how much lack of education there is out there and how much lack of resources there are and just not that understanding behind everything and not even to say this character in this book doesn't show that understanding but just that theme in general and there's just not enough out there and everybody hopes that somebody who's depressed or suicidal or whatever that it will disappear overnight you would love for them to wake up tomorrow and say hey I'm feeling perfect today like I'm feeling fantastic no issues with any type of disorder medical disorder there's good days and bad days there's good weeks and bad weeks and so on that's life and that follows the disorder and that makes things that can make things very difficult would I say that this review shows a one star review no seems like it would at least be a two or a three but oh well Um, But I just found it to be very interesting considering it was from a psychiatrist. So for me, as I said, I would probably rate this a four star. I found the topics to be interesting because, again, of my field of work, because I have an understanding over it. I did get a little bit frustrated with how the mental health field and the hospital places in general, the hospital plot, was described because it's not my reality of it but that is not to say that that is not a true version from what the author had experienced everybody's had different totally different experiences and you can look up any area in the hospital and some people are going to have fantastic stories and some people are going to have those horror stories and i think that's just reality i found that the story did keep going i was able to read for long periods of time i didn't just read a chapter and then had to walk away like I could sit down and read for a, for a long time. And so to me that's a big thing. I think it brought in it it creates a good discussion more than I thought it would based on just based on the topics. So I thought it was good. I don't think that a lack of character of arc of character arc and development was an issue. Um I don't think the topics were really an issue. I think it just it just made for a good story and and then knowing that the author also had dealt with a lot of this as well is just heartbreaking 
And then I guess to really finish off with this novel itself, just know that there are people out there and there are resources out there. For for the states, there's a national, for the USA, there's a national suicide prevention lifeline, um, 1-800-273-8255. Do not, pro- like, reach out. Do not feel like you can't reach out. Do not feel like there's any way that you like don't feel feel like it's a weak thing asking for help makes you stronger in canada there is a um, crisis service website you can there's a phone number 1-833-456-4566 there's other like online chat and texting available at certain times as well if that's what what you need don't just don't feel like you have no way out and feel like there's there's nothing you can do there's always something you can do and for people who are family of people with depression or dealing with any really with any type of mental health like there there are resources out there they're not as local as or there's not a, they're not as public as people like but definitely don't hesitate to reach out i mean working on the mental health unit at the hospital i work at we've I've had calls from people who are calling into the hospital and not sure what to do because they don't know what else to do. So they think of, you know, what, I'm going to call the mental health unit at the hospital and see what I can do to get this person in or what's out there. You know what? I'd rather people do that and reach out than not reach out at all. Some of the strongest people I know are people who have suffered and who do suffer from different types of mental illness, including depression and asking for help is so big and I think it's just knows that you're it shows so much strength so please don't feel like there's no way out and that that's what you're left with and that's that's it so please reach out don't hesitate to call those hotlines if you feel like you need to do do some research there's um lots of crisis centers out there lots of treatment centers and I don't know what else I have to say about that but next the next book we will I will be reading is An Ocean of Minutes by Tia Lim. Tia Lim. I am not exactly sure, but I just picked this book up earlier this week and I will be having a guest with me on the next podcast as well. So I am very looking forward to that. I think that's about it for today. Follow, feel free to follow on um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, it's uh, The Nurse Who Reads, and uh, if you have any questions, comments, please feel free to email me at thenursewhoreads at gmail.com. I'm not sure exactly when I'll be able to record the next podcast, as it is uh, only a couple days away from Christmas, and I'll be working a lot over the holidays, as well as uh, just doing some family festivities. So um, I'm excited for the next podcast, but hopefully this one was um hopefully you enjoyed this one as well so thank you so much and i hope everybody has a fantastic holiday